Hello and welcome to Make Mine Mayday. I'm Zach Joyner, webmaster of Spidey-Dude.com, executive producer of the Spidey Radio Network. Welcome to another review episode of Make Mine Mayday, the show that, of course, covers the stunsational Spider-Girl. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening to this episode if you choose to do so that way. Before we get started, want to give a shout out to our patron pa- Patreon page, patreon.com slash Network. I want to give a shout out to our subscribers like Vinkman and Scott. Thank you guys for your support. And if you want to see what all the fuss is about, head over to that, to that uh, link, patreon.com slash Network for more information. Uh, perks will include shout outs to the beginning episodes and so much more, more coming soon. And if you like this show, check out the episodes of other shows, such as Spidey Dude Experience, where we cover the modern ASM stories and all news related to Spidey's world available on YouTube. ASM Classics, which covers the classic Spidey stories of yesteryear, with Season 2 coming later this year. And Clone Saga Chronicles, the show that chronicles the tales of the Spider-Man Clone Saga of yesteryear, as well as the more modern takes on those characters. And finally, Spectacular Radio, a show that gives you behind-the-scenes look at the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon and gives you the fan perspective as well. The finale of that show coming to you very, very soon. We have finally recorded that one. And that will be available on your favorite podcatchers very soon. Speaking of that... Yeah, be sure to leave us a review on your favorite podcatchers. We'll do our best to read it on the, uh, on the show in a future episode. And as our as per usual, our normal disclaimer, for those listening to the audio version, please excuse the references to the visual aids and or our live comments, as these shows are live-streamed in most cases on our YouTube channel, Facebook, and Twitter simultaneously. If you want to see more about that, be sure to go find us on those perspective places and check us out there. Of course, with that out of the way, allow me to introduce you to the host of the program, Kelly McDaniel. Kelly. Hello. Good Sunday afternoon, guys. Yes, we are recording this on a Sunday uh, on a sunny Sunday afternoon where I'm at. I don't know how sunny it is with. Uh, uh, with it was but. raining this morning, um, but I think the sun is out. Um, uh. I, I am in a basement, so it is dark. Uh. <laughs> But I, I do see the sun um, from the blinds, so I think I think we're I think it's sunny. We will see. It's you know it's March going into April, mm-hmm. uh, and April showers bring May flowers. Absolutely. So April comes before May. April always, <laughs> always comes before May. Uh, got a friend, Javi says, "Hey, it's Kelly. I saw her in a nonstop Spider-Man." <laughs> okay. Yeah. If so you want to hear. If you're a Patreon member and you want to hear what what they're talking about, go to patreon.com slash crawlspace. You'll hear Kelly and Javi mm-hmm. uh, talk about a nonstop Spider-Man. If you want to hear my opinions uh, two episodes ago. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess we have different opinions because I you you kind of made it sound like you didn't like the issue. And I actually love the issue. The art is the problem in non-stop spider-man because faces are melting and it's weird also what's funny and why we made the joke and why i wore the wig yesterday and then i just wore it again today because it's right here and why not i like it um but uh it uh first time we saw kelly it and i think it was amazing uh while while ago because she's one of uh she's one of peter's grad grad school classmates she was definitely not as pale uh, as she is in nonstop uh, because that's the whole point is she wouldn't look like me except 
suddenly she looks like me in the wig, like someone pulled it from Instagram and they didn't know how to color. Like they, they didn't know that she was an already established classmate. Yeah. Um, but is, you know, no, I'll, I'll tell you that that was one of, that was one of my issues with the issue was like, why am I supposed to care about why Peter cares? Like this well, is I mean, to me it was like it. some random classmate and I get, I get oh. why Peter cares, but I'm going, okay. It's to me, it's like, okay. What, Cause in my head, when I first read it, I was like, this is so, just some random classmate I've never seen before. It took literally Neil telling me live on air, Hey, this is where this yeah. character was. And I was like, Oh, then I felt They've really bad buddies. Well, and, but see, that's the thing though. And that's, that's the pro we've, we've discussed this before. And honestly, when we get towards the Spider-Verse issues and Spider-Geddon, we will talk about this more again on this is kind of part of editorial's job of double checking and, and connecting stuff. Clearly Joe Kelly knew exactly where he was going with the story and what he wanted, but there was some kind of disconnect between what he wrote and what was drawn mm -hmm. and colored. And yeah. that's the kind of situation where that's, what's going to make things confusing. If you are, you know, not the most, uh, you know, you have the memory of a normal human being or, <laughs> or, uh, you know, simple... or, or because it's nonstop Spider-Man number one, it's your first time reading the comics and you don't know who these people are at all. And you don't even fully understand until halfway through the issue that these are his classmates. Right. And see like a, a simple caption box, I think would have went a long way. I and considering that we see those like in the regular book, in the regular amazing title, that's what I kind of felt like was a really disappointing. Cause I'm like, okay, like you run it. Like I covered all these twice in some cases, all these books and amazing. Um, I'm going, I'm so confused. And so it's, I, I mean, I, it, there, I there's that, some mistakes there, but my thing is the, the story itself is very good and very like, it feels like Peter. I understand exactly why he feels so strongly. Uh, I like seeing the inner workings of his head and going yeah. nonstop and fast paced because nonstop Spider-Man, but also you, you see what he's doing and how he's thinking. And I like that. That's enjoyable. It reminds me of, you know, it reminds me of what a side book should be. And if we're going to focus on his, his schoolmates in this book, there should have been, been at least a little bit more background um but also again faces should not lo look like they're melting as javi put faces melt in that art more than an indiana jones movie <laughs> i yeah i i mean i and i hate i hate bashing artists because you know i i can't Let, I, I can't draw listen. consistently either but you know that's why i'm not i'm not in that business um so. yeah i, I don't uh, look I, there's a very distinct style with, with Chris Pachalo. It's very, it, it's not inconsistent. My Wait, inconsistency is a style. <laughs> well, <they're laughs> well, I, I don't sorry. know. You read I'm well, that's rude. I'm sorry. I should not. No, no. I understand what you're saying though, but look, there's a lot of people that love his work and you know, I, I've read his stuff on X-Men and I really liked it when he did stuff on X-Men. The angular and, stuff isn't the problem. It's yeah. consistency. Yeah, it's just, it's very, you know, the 40 degree bit where Kelly says you got to crane your head a good 40 degrees to read nonstop. I get it. I, look, it was not, I think 
I gave it a C. It's not like I gave it an F. I didn't sit there and say, all oh, this is a failure. This is, this, it just so was okay. It's just okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, uh, no, I was like, yes. we went into this and I, I thanks, Javi. Thanks for turning uh, Make My Mayday into a nonstop Spider-Man review. That's great. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> go check it out. Let's, go check it out for yeah. yourself. And 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 make your own determinations. I'm definitely going to be continuing to pick the book up, so it's not like I'm just dropping it. So, speaking no. of other books, great books, books that we utterly love and adore. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. Let's... We really don't need to mention. I mean, I I know you want to mention Volume Three again. Yes, it's coming out on 420. We mm -hmm. haven't gotten a new update, but we already right. talked about it. I don't feel like we need to repeat ourselves. If you guys yes, no, want it, yeah. go pre-order it from your local comic book shop or Amazon. It's you've got a little less than a month out, um, so go pick it up. It hasn't changed. I don't think it's going to change and get pushed back. If that does, then something will be wrong. But it's not like this is a part of Diamond. It's not like it's you know that we're good here. This is set. Like it seems more yeah. the delay by two weeks was a shipping issue probably from the storm it probably just delayed everything anyway so they're just giving themselves an extra two weeks to yeah. release it just as a precaution and i think that that's a-okay if, if you want to hear me talk more about the random house diamond thing the not this not this wednesday but the following wednesday uh i'll be talking about that on spidey Dude experience uh so we'll talk about how that may change some things too um but until I then, I don't think it's going to change it. I don't really think it's going to change anything. I, I, I hope not. I hope it's I, I hope it's for the benefit of the consumer. That's that's my overall hope. Well, yeah, considering, you know, give Diamond about a good six months and they're probably going to have to file bankruptcy in the first place. So this is more like work working a deal out to slowly back away while they are re they're uh, redefining their business model after the pandemic. Um, yeah. and that's, yeah. you know, it's a sad fact, but that's what it is. And I think ultimately it was playing it safe versus playing it like holding on to the last second. Yeah. Do you want me to mention the stuff with the buzz that I've, that I found from last episode here? Or do you want to wait until we get in the room? I think we should wait just because we had already established last episode that yes, we know the first issue of buzz did not uh, come out until after spider girl 18 or right around Spider-Girl 18. I think it was just before it, um, technically. So Well, actually, it was zero. after. So I'll, I'll talk about that when we get to 22. Okay. So I'll move yeah. that around. Yeah, basically, this is... While Buzz is going on, this is where it is. I mean, I... No, you can start it off here because, like, I mean, in issue 18, you know, it does make a reference to the Buzz. Mm -hmm. So that's what yeah. I'm, okay. I'm trying to explain. Okay. We... Because that's the whole thing. We don't know, like, May doesn't know about the buzz. Or she knows maybe that he's around, but he she's never met him until this issue for the first time. And I know that, you know, we have the annual-ish, uh, and we have bu the buzz mini that we just discussed. So now we're kind of seeing it. While that story is going on, there is also May's stories through these five issues that kind of go coincide with the buzz mini yes takes so. place right around almost the exact same time yeah before, slightly before and exact around the exact same time so yeah. all right kelly 
You're, Alrighty. Kelly's going to do some recaps and then I'll do some recaps and, and that's kind of how we're doing this one. Yeah, so I get the first three and he's going to do the last two because so. there were reasons. I, I, I do like how it wasn't intentionally planned, but um, you'll see. You'll see why he's doing the last two. It just worked <laughs> out perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it, it did. <laughs> All right, Kelly. All right. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute myself. <laughs> okay. All right. So Spider Girl 18, Raptors Regret. We have Tom and Ron on script, pence, uh, plot and pencils, Salvashema on finished art, released January 12th, 2000, with a cover date of March 2000. Um, like we kind of discussed earlier, um, Zach's notes on here just says, you know, that we we have a timeline on when this was released. So like the buzz was released May 24th, 2000, but it kind of starts off at this issue. So I'm not sure what happened there. Um, buzz two was released June 21st and buzz three was released July 19th in 2000. Um, but this obviously was released in January, but they start at the same time. So minor confusion, but that's okay. Who knows what, I mean, the, it, who knows? Um, Mar Marvel has to marvel sometimes. Um, so May catched Buzz beating bad guys uh, down, but since she doesn't really know who this is, it's a little awkward. Um, also, she has a spider signal on her wrist. I'm not sure where that com comes from. I maybe I'm forgetting if it shows up again. I might be completely like lost, but oh well, it's there. It's neat. Uh, as one, so as she is looking for a winged burglar and finds this new guy who is, has wings, uh, misunderstanding fight ensues. Buzz flies off and May debates on using uh, her spider sense to track him down. But seeing as it's almost 10 PM, she decides to head home. May makes it back two minutes till curfew and finds her dad getting ice cream. Peter and May and even MJ sit down for a late night treat as her parents try to be supportive of May's spider thing. That's May's words. And uh, MJ may be on to something about the fact that crime fighting at night is uh, might be a little rough. Uh, so even with the stamina of a spider, a girl does need her beauty sleep. And because May didn't get a whole lot of that, she falls asleep during English class. I think this is the second time that we've seen this already uh, in in Slatery's class. So De uh, she does make a really good save. And Davida thinks that May is having trouble uh, sleeping because of her boy drama. Uh, because, of course, and she thinks that, you know, she ditched Brad for JJ. And so does Brad, apparently. So May feels really bad, wishes she could tell Brad and I, my notes here are, oh, I'm so glad she did not do that. Um, Moose and Jimmy also have a debate on what Jonah's intentions are with the Daily Bugle in support of Spider-Girl, since he regularly attacks Spider-Man. The next scene, uh, we have a man named Theo, who works in the Diamond District. He was heading home to his silver wedding anniversary. That's the 25th anniversary. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know. And then I have a side note about I need to tell my dad that my parents' upcoming anniversary is the Ruby anniversary, and he should probably get on that. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so anyway, sadly, Theo does not make it home. The Sky Bandit uh, struck and let let the man drop to basically his impending death. Thankfully, he's not dead, but she... Sorry. Gen gender. Slight spoiler. But the Sky Bandit lifted him up uh, to get the suitcase full of diamonds and just let him fall uh, when he fell off. So he he's very seriously injured. May does a training ex exercise with Phil, but it's getting obvious that Phil is kind of running out of ideas and she's might slightly outgrown uh, what he can teach her. Jonah is angry because he wants to go after the sky bandit, but I'm pretty sure that's Billy. Um, is actually pushing back about integrity of journalism. Uh, next day at school, Brad is gr <laughs> next day at school. Brad is gross. What's new? Um, he's talking to Moose about uh, his plan with May, uh, and Moose is trying to tell him, "Oh man, you've struck out already." But Brad's like, "No, I'll give her another chance at her true shot of happiness." No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I literally have, listen, buddy, you ain't cute. Um, so anyway, uh, May ducks out of school to change and head towards the bugle to ask about the call out that they had given in the bugle for her to find the Sky Bandit. When she finds the Sky Bandit, but it's not Buzz. It's a girl calling herself Raptor. May webs the raptor's ankles and goes on a very wild ride and thinks raptor is talking to her when it's very clear she's talking she's talking to somebody else on an earpiece. Raptor and May start to fight over the Hudson uh, and raptor's claws are really getting into May and she loses her hold and starts to fall. As she's really trying hard to stay conscious and concentrate, her exhaustion gives hold and she almost falls into the water before being saved by no, none other than the buzz who understands women. JJ is a 15 year old boy. <laughs> it, is, it is also such a line a 15 year old boy would say trying to be cool. Yes, very much so. Very much so. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I do appreciate like we, we've established JJ is a good dude. He's got a good heart, um, but he is still a 15 year old boy. Uh, so since Buzz saved May, Raptor got away. We see Raptor heading back to the lair empty-handed, explaining that it was all Spider-Girl's fault to her man in the chair, who hits Brenda down to the ground, calls her a cow, and tells her that it's her fault for him losing his temper. Um, and then I was like, am I allowed to set fictional characters on file because this guy deserves it? And I'm, I'm going to warn you now, you're going to have to bleep me for the audio. And guys, I'm going to say a slight bad word very pg-13 but i can't come up with another word other than to say that this guy tony is an asshat and i feel like i i i deserve to at least be able to say that there's just no other no. way around it i can't yes yeah. yeah so he that, listen that's that, that, that we're pg-13 i don't I, you know if you don't if you don't want me to bleep the audio i don't i don't have to i, I think oh, no, i think to, that deserves it's up to you. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. No, no. Asset, I think, is acceptable. Uh, <laughs> perfect. Okay. Yeah. Like, so, but you're okay. right. I was, I was trying to keep this family friendly, but like, there's this this guy is bad news. Um, and yeah, so 
they they come up with a plan to steal something at night. Spider Girl finds Raptor uh, working with the Buzz and learns, you know, def- for sure Brenda has a man in the chair and uses her distraction from that as an advantage to web her onto the roof. Brenda, of course, gets out and then gets caught by the Buzz, who freaks Raptor out a bit because her quote-unquote abusive earpiece is telling her she can't go home until she finishes him aka killing him which is not something raptor intentionally wants to do um so while she's distracted by her psychopathic boyfriend tony uh tony's telling her to murder people and may and buzz manage to distract her and trick her into a trap buzz kills Brenda's power pack to render her powerless while they went on the cops to arrest her. May tells Buzz that they need to find Brenda's offstage partner and Buzz, who's actually talking to his man in the chair, finds Tony pretty easily, uh, which was really a really cute little scene where he's like, may I interest you in a non-gratuitous fight? <laughs> and, no, you actually, no, it was not gratuitous. It was oh, gratuitous. It was gratuitous, not non, yeah. yes, gratuitous yes. fight. I mean, look, I want to beat Tony up too, man. Okay? Like, it's fine. All right. So, May is reading the bugle on her way to class. And Brad sees this as some weird diss because, you know, it's it's always got to be about Brad in Brad's head. Uh, and talks to May about her hanging out with JJ, a.k.a. Jack Jameson, the grandson of Jay Jonah. And that is the that is it for issue 18. I will not so. hit the button. <laughs> I won't hit the button. But that was the first thing that popped in my head was da da da. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't end that way. Like, there's no higher stakes here. It's just Brad right. being Brad being Brad. But oh. uh, no, uh, Kelly, I'll, you know, you want me to go first? You want to go first? Uh, since I did the review, why don't you go first? Okay. So, um, <laughs> or the breakdown, yeah. rather. Uh, this one. I love the art, uh, but I feel like throughout the issue, as I'm reading it, and then especially having read the Buzz miniseries, I feel like they were kind of still finding their groove a little bit. I don't know how much lead time that Ron necessarily had. Um, not saying it's bad artwork. Don't, don't misunderstand. It just it didn't feel as polished as it normally is with Ron. Um, so yeah, and I I actually really I really enjoy it. I mean, yeah. I, I know I have a clear bias on my favorite artist uh, for spider girl, especially, but right. I really, but, I really like the look of this like a lot. I thought it was very, I, I had no problems with the art. Yeah. No, it's just, it, it's, it's the artwork's good. It's just, I, I, you look, you read the buzz mini and you're like, Oh man, it's just, this is like when they were, they'd hit their groove. They were still, you know, building towards that. It's basically what I, all I'm meaning. Artwork's good. Don't think the artwork's bad at all, please. Uh, don't think that. But no, Billy Walters, that is the uh, the editor that, that uh, Jonah was talking to. Jonah's hilarious in this issue. Great. He's not, he's even more hilarious in a later issue that I'll get to. But um, I, I, I completely forgot about Raptor being in that abusive relationship until I reread this issue. I mean, um, I, I didn't, but yeah. No, I mean, and it, it plays a main part to her and kind of her psyche, especially later on with her personality. Right. Um, she, I mean, it's very clear. She, what I think is just this, this guy, you know, realized that, oh, okay, she's Blackie Drago's daughter, which I was actually looking for because like, we don't fully get her like full last name uh, by her 
and kind of piece the two together for me um, yeah. in this issue. And I was looking to try and see, I was like, well, maybe, you know, the fact that we get Brenda, like maybe Brenda was in the 616. I couldn't find that. But what I found was some wiki trying to say that they're from Marvel uh, called Marvel Fandom Wiki. Uh, and they basically, this is what I find so funny. Okay. This issue came out in 2000. All right. January 2000 character was created in 1999. Uh, because there was a similar look in some concept art for Raimi's uh, Felicia Hardy, who was going to be a vulturess in his shelved 2011 Spider-Man 4. They said that that's where she was inspired by. And I was like, I wasn't aware that we already had time travel. <laughs> um so uh, just fyi uh and two like if you type it in like it is brenda uh you know drago from the 616 that's what's gonna pop up and google acts like it's an answer and it's not an answer it's wrong very very wrong it is very wrong in fact yeah, i'm that's... sure more than likely it's the other way around yeah uh, uh but because, I mean, Anne Hathaway would be perfect as Brenda, but... Oh, 100%. Oh, my goodness. That's, but, that's you know, crazy. Yeah, but I... Yeah, I, it's such such a weird thing. But tying into that about forgetting that she was in an abusive relationship, because that's where I... My notes come in. Um, as, as I stated, kind of piggybacking, or not piggybacking, but pushing. I love the art in this issue. I like it a lot. Um, and I said that with a buzz mini. I'll say it here too. I get where you're coming from, but I see no issue. Uh, but again, I want to set Tony on fire. I don't think that that's rude or mean. I think he deserves it. Um, yeah. And since this is the first time that we do see relationship abuse in this series, and it won't be the last, uh, I do want to bring up the number for Rain. Uh, just for anybody who is listening, me, uh, uh, they can help others find local help in your area. If you need assistance of getting out of an abusive relationship, uh, the 800 number is 1-800-656-4673. Uh, they will talk to you. They will listen to you and they will do their best to get you the help that you need. Um, not going to go into it super, super hard, at least not in this discussion, but it is something that is slightly recurring amongst uh, May's side characters is relationship abuse and, you know, trying to see where Brenda really just wanted to make this guy happy. She fell in love with this guy, probably more than likely because he's a freaking psychopath. He manipulated her, um, you know, and it, this stuff does happen. Um, and it, even when you think that you might be stronger than that, um, you'd be shocked to find out how people can manipulate you and how hard it can be to to leave those situations. So, yeah, I mean, right off the gate, like you, you kind of don't, Brenda's not necessarily bad. She's just doing what she can. And we'll find out later issues that, you know, that's really the heart of her character is she, she just wants to make people happy and she's just a little misguided. Absolutely. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't have much more in my notes. Uh, she's definitely an important, it's a milestone issue and kind of that she is an important character that will come up a lot over the course of the series. 
um, a recurring character, villain and hero. Uh, I would I will I will add uh, for those just following along. She's very important. You know that are kind of following along either in the trade or in their in their digest if they got the digests or in the individual issues. Uh, Buzz is great. Script's really yes. good. That's all I have. Yeah. Left. So also uh, I, I I will say collected in volume four of the trade paperbacks which, which has issue 20 on the cover yeah has issue 20 on the cover same cover that's on the complete collection volume two yep i mean so, it's it's a dynamic cover like it's a two, phenomenal cover. the green goblin sells, sells <laughs> yes like yes. everyone loves a little goblin in their lives <laughs> especially thirst traps that happen later uh there, what what is this thirst trap uh, no. <laughs> okay we won't talk about it that, okay. that's just on you okay <laughs> i wasn't gonna uh, bring it up but now you brought it up i know i was i was just anticipating someone bringing it up I, if, if it wasn't you it's gonna be josh if he's still, if he's still <laughs> so all right all right uh, leads so, us to the next issue leads us to 19 which has five little mini stories and Pat and Al are back on pencil and ink. So released February 9th at 2000 with the cover date of April 2000. So we, oh my God, it's 20, it's 21 years since this issue. It can drink. It can literally drink. Listen, the website's going to be celebrating its 23rd anniversary this year. Spider Girl 19 can drink, guys. Um, wow. All right. So, um, breakdown number one fantasies. May runs into the Soldiers of the Serpent for the first time, and we will see them come back again. Uh, they seem very gun ho about setting fire to low income neighborhoods instead of just Tony. And they should have just gone after Tony. Um, May wishes that she can magically just wave the evil away. She wishes she could defend the righteous without having to resort to violence. But we're just really not in that kind of world um, where Spider-Girl's not needed. So, you know, it is what it is. And as she's getting to school, she does kind of wish she could devote her free time to working out her boy drama. <laughs> it's it's a very cute little uh, few pages of her just kind of going, man, I'm Basically, she's already like the thing is, is that as she's getting into the groove of being a superhero, she is starting the the fun part of it is slowly wearing off. And she's really like, I really don't want to have to fight unless I have to. You know, this is some serious stuff. And, you know, you, you kind of start seeing what becomes her character later on where like she used to be like right here. Like, yes, she'll she'll give you a good zany quip now and again. But like later on she's a lot more serious in her fighting style and you're you're starting to kind of see that come forward um story two is jimmy yama and wishes so we get to kind of go into the mind of jimmy yama i know this is frightening um thankfully it's not that part of it so we're good um while he wishes he could have superpowers like ant-man and stinger so he could spy on brad talking to may because it's evil which Okay, look, Brad is trash. We we do learn this later. So Jimmy's right. But May, May is not, like, emboldened to Jimmy. Jimmy needs to get over it. Um, so then Jimmy, himself, Jimmy... 
yeah, then Jimmy wishes he could be like his cousin J2, not that he knows that, uh, and clobber unseen bullies. Uh, I assume that that's going to be Turtle and Ralphie. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, then he wishes he could be like Captain America and never give up or lose hope and stand up to Moose, who hasn't really fought him in a while. So what? Um, and then, or act with honor and integrity like Franklin Richards and win the heart of May and fly away. I, I'm kind of glad Jimmy's just Jimmy, y'all. I, I do like the birdies that are that's yeah. around. Oh, it's, it's, it's very, very cute. Uh, but I'm, I don't want to be in Jimmy's head. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Um, Story three is Courtney Duran and in If I Were Spider Girl. But Courtney, you are in Moose's eyes. That's, that's my added in tagline and it just it needs to be there. Um, so if Courtney was Spider Girl, basically she's daydreaming in class and she's basically saying, you know what? If I was Sp Spider Girl, this is how I would handle it. Um, she, she would immediately get a publicist because public image means everything and she's not wrong. <laughs> Um, she'd also want a cape. Uh, no, Courtney, no capes, no capes. We um, watched The Incredibles now. This, it hadn't come out yet. This, this is before The Incredibles, but no, no capes. No uh, capes. No capes. Uh, she would want to have uh, a brand deal with clothing and accessories based on the costume. Agreed. <laughs> um, she'd want a spider mobile and web that suspiciously looks like my Toyota Corolla. Uh, and web weaponry that she could sell to the local law enforcement and licensing for toys, which also, yes, for all of this, um, except the Spider-Mobile, because that was gimmicky. But it literally does just look like a Toyota Corolla with eyes on it. <laughs> um, she wants to get uh, alliances going so she has access to the best tech and tracking programs to keep a tab of her villains roster. She wants to use communication and cooperation skills to bring in all of New York's superheroes to help her keep uh, keep fights from getting physical just by sheer numbers. And she also wants to hang out with the coolest hunks like Thunderstrike and Franklin Richards and J2 and Freebooter. And Freebooter. He was there. Uh, so I think Courtney has a very solid plan. Um, I think she'd be the perfect uh, man in the chair uh, she really needs to go into, she just needs to go to like Tony Stark's office and be like, I want to be the Avengers publicist. I'm down for that. There was a lot of Batman elements here. There was a lot of Batman. She, she does. She is very influenced by Batman. She would be Batman. Um, if she could be, maybe that's where she's getting the cape, but you know what? It's a solid plan. I like, I like her. I like her thinking. It's good. It's it's good. Full of uh, full thought thinking. I also like the first time that she said anything was, "I need a publicist if I'm going to be a superhero." <laughs> Listen. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, Peter so, would have saved himself a ton of grief. <laughs> All right, then story four: Moose Man Mansfield in deep thoughts. It's a nine panels of Moose deeply in thought and then sneezing. Good job, Moose. Great talk. Um, and then story number five, my personal favorite out of this, and it's most most of my like discussion part, is 
Normie Osborne in The Dream. So Normie is talking to a psychiatrist while holding a Spider Girl doll he made. Uh, Normie spins this great fantastical fairy tale about the Osbournes being the good guys. Uh, be and because this is the same old dream he keeps having every discussion, the guards that are watching him decide they're going to play cards and not really pay attention because it's the same old thing. They, they feel like they don't have to. But it turns out that the little totem, uh, Spider-Girl doll, is a detonator to bring his suit to him. He's been playing along this whole time to lure everyone into a false sense of security so he can break out. Because, like his grandfather, he also plans ahead. And that is it for issue 19. Yep. So I will let... You talk first, Zach, even though I, I've, I've given a few of my own uh, <laughs> opinions there. But, like, what can you do? They're really cute little fun stories. Yeah. So I, I love the cover. And for those that are, are not that are the audio listeners, I got the cover pulled up. Courtney. It, it's Courtney as Spider-Girl. And she's like, is Courtney Duran the all-new Spider-Girl? Question mark? <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> we get to see what life would be like if she were. Uh, I love the fact that she fights Killer Croc here. It looks suspiciously like Killer Croc that she fights um, at one point. Uh, really, this is a fun issue. Um, the interplay of each character brings it more brings a more uh, rounding of the supporting cast. And I'll personally say, and I think I echo what what Kelly said already. My favorite one is Normie, with Moose being a close second. Moose. Um, Moose was very cute. Uh, like like I said, it was in very deep thought. It was a great talk. I really appreciated it. It just, it's like, oh, that that would be like if if you did a whole issue of Moose. Like, I wonder how much dialogue you would have to write. Like, he's I mean, just okay. a very simple guy. Okay, he, he is. He's a very simple guy with a heart of gold, and we'll get into that uh, later on because he like truly. The thing is with his crush on Courtney. I really think it drives him to be a better person. True. Yeah. And we we get to see that and it's it's a really good just a good character story, a good character arc for him. And you know, but at at his core, he's just a simple guy. It's very very true. And it, like he he's just there's you're right. He has a big heart of gold and he's a, he goes through a lot throughout the entire run of Spider-Girl. He he goes through, he goes a, through a lot. Yeah. He goes through lot um and, and you don't think that when you start reading it here even to this point but by the time you get through amazing spider girl you're going man this guy's gone through a ton of stuff he has and the thing is is that even at the end i mean because spoiler alert like i mean he does get a little angry at spider girl later on because he does realize courtney is not spider girl um he still has like hope and trust in the good overcoming evil and so while he might have complicated feelings, he's still a good guy. Like it doesn't, yeah. the doesn't things that happened to him doesn't change his core. You know, we can't say that for everybody in the supporting, in the school supporting cast, but that's, yeah. you know, uh, Brad, but. Um... <laughs> Brad's always been that way because bigotry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, but I think it's light as a story issue, but heavy on character development. Which yeah. is really, really nice. It's well, a fun do, concept. 
too. It's it's heavy on character development, but at the same time, it's really just kind of seeing how they think more than yeah. anything. It, it's a completely different as a concept book. And I just really like how, you know, Courtney did all the costumes and the, the, the differences in the costume. I liked Jimmy's story. I, I didn't necessarily write it down in my notes. I liked Jimmy's story, but it was just like, eh, it was my least favorite of the, of the four. Um, of course, the best one is Normie. And this is the issue where I feel like his granddad's influence shows. I feel more so in previous appearances because I just feel like that when Normie's Green Goblin, he tends to act a little more like Harry and a lot less than Norman. Yes. Yes. And no. I mean, I, I have my theories and we'll go into it on issue 20. Obviously like I could be completely off the mark on thinking way too deeply into some stuff, but I will uh, explain it. And yes, girl boss, Courtney confirmed. I'm not kidding. I really like, cause I've, I've been on Twitter and, you know, we've talked about like, um, cause there was that artwork that show, uh, a commission from Ron that showed uh, Benji as Spider-Man. Yes. And it, you know, it, it brought up that whole, like, well, what would May do at 30? How would she be at 30? And it's like, Courtney should be the Avengers publicist, like publicist at 30. She should be oh, running yeah. that entire thing. hundred percent. Like, like, especially, yeah. Especially once, yeah. Once you get to like the end of the first volume, the way the Avengers are, yeah, like when Courtney's thirty, she's she's gonna go and be a PR person. And yeah, she runs that, their PR and just is like a total powerhouse and scares the crap out of everybody. And yes, Normie is great. I Normie I love great. Normie. Uh, but yeah, I really so. Just a few thoughts on this before we go to twenty. Sure. I mean, like I said, I love I love the fact that like with Normie, you know, he twists that fairy tale narrative in his story, which I, I really think helps tie in that Disney obsession uh, from the Venom issues later. <laughs> um, he likes fairy tales. He likes the f- fantastical. Um, also, the imagery in his dreamland is really telling. And again, this could be a total uh, over thought. Uh, but like, you know, May is hung up like Christ, like in a cross formation. Um, and I thought that that was kind of interesting to see in the background because like it does, I don't think I saw anybody else in that position, you know, and then again, like they are hung up like that in the Hobgoblin in issue 100, but that's from Hobgoblin. Um, so I thought that that was really interesting. Um, I will say that I do have a slight issue with some of the coloring in this issue, especially with the flashback to Gwen um, because I believe that you know what's supposed to be Gwen it's just really off her hair is white and she's in brown and you can't quite tell that that's supposed to be Gwen Um, obviously you know if if this is being told as oh no this was in Normie's dreams Normie's not going to know about Gwen fully you know he would I I don't see Harry telling uh, Normie as a toddler or even Norman as a like telling toddler Normie about Gwen, um, Liz and Foggy never really knew Gwen at all, um, and it's not like Peter or MJ would bring it up to this kid either during like family events. So the coloring choice is odd, but it could just be showing like this is he doesn't know the full story. I don't know. Um, and also, I do feel like I have to say this just because of the first story, and it's awkward, but 
May likes boys. Like I know that we talk about like the whole because that's kind of this whole discussion, um, you know, about pairings and stuff. And you can totally have the pairing that you want to have. I'm down for it. Like heck yeah. But in 982 in this canon, uh, she is very much into boys. Like it just doesn't change. And I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like she, she, not that she's boy crazy, but it's. It's she's not Davida. Davida is no, not Davida. It's not Davida, yeah. but she she is definitely uh, into boys. Uh, you know, and depending on some of the boys she decides to pick, like Jean and Brad, um, that screams very much straight energy to me because I know I pick trash, so it happens. Uh, Josh Bertoni. Hi, Josh Bertoni. No prize. The coloring is wrong because it's a dream. Details are usually distorted in them. That's. Because no prize explanation is so. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, that's what I was saying. It was like that's probably what happened, but it can be a little irksome because you're like, wait, who is that? And then you have to think about it. Because think about how many times Peter has fought a goblin on on that bridge. It's a lot. The bridge. Yeah. So anyway. But that so leads us to the next issue. It does lead us into the next issue. Cover up now. Thank you, Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> All yes. right. All right. Return of the Green Goblin. Um, and you wrote everything on here, but since nobody's changed, like nothing's changed, um, except I'm not gonna accept the lettering. Um, yeah. digest is Jeff Sharp, trade maintains the original lettering, which was Sharp Front and PT. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to look that up because I was like why is the lettering different in this issue? <laughs> so that's why. So as yeah. you're reading along, that's what, that's what it is. So, yeah. all, right. all right. So Phil is standing guard waiting for Normie to strike the Parker home while Peter and may are training. Pete is very serious about this training, you know, really needs may to concentrate to confront Normie. May isn't as serious about this as much as she's just concerned about Normie going after her mom. She just has a feeling that that's, what's going to happen um, because this is not the first time she brings this up um, in this issue. So both are on edge as a helicopter passes by and they decide to head home. They find MJ has invited Phil in for breakfast out from the cold because she, come on, it's MJ. She knows what y'all are trying to do. Why, why are y'all even Phil in the cold? Um, so Peter says something about how he needs to find a way to recapture Normie and that sets May off as she feels it's, it's, it's essentially her responsibility now, and Peter needs to take a back seat. MJ calms me down and reminds them that, you know, we really can't be ruled by fear. We have to have the power to change the cycle of violence and family feuds and not let them define us. Uh, May thinks her mom's on to something, and, you know, she really doesn't want to have to fight the withdrawn and aloof kid she used to know, the one that used to sneak her gummy bears while she wasn't looking. Um, and that is my notes. That's where I got the gummy bear line uh, when I made that video for Gabby. Is from this issue. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that Cause, makes sense. Because uh, if anybody doesn't know, uh, I I dressed up as Spider Girl and talked to uh, Gabby for her birthday, and I didn't really know what to say, and I kind of like panicked and. I, 
this line uh, came to my head. And so I was like, I like gummy bears. Do you like gummy bears? And apparently she was like, I love gummy bears. She, yes. She, <laughs> she is her. Listen, my, my, my future wife makes a joke that my daughter was hatched, that there wasn't anything with my ex-wife involved because this kid is just like me. I, I eat entirely too many gummy bears. Gummy bears eight. are great. Uh, I mean, some some of them are gluten free, not all of them, but some. Uh, but anyway, so while she walks to school, JJ surprises her and asks her about Peter Parker because her his granddad asked about Peter Parker, and so they have some small talk and talk about the small world they live in. And we cut to Peter is at his work, not doing work, and is obsessed on finding Normie. Uh, he basically tells Phil, look, this feud started with, with him and he wants to end it himself. He feels like he has to for his family and, and to protect his family. Uh, Phil clearly knows, uh, you know, some hideouts Pete has forgotten and chooses not to tell Peter. Meanwhile, at Midtown's library, Davida continues to tease May for, about her current boy troubles. Jimmy runs in saying to avoid Moose because he's on some tirade about Courtney's safety because of Normie's escape. Who boy. Uh, so Phil goes, then we cut to Phil going to the warehouse uh, that he, he held out on telling Peter and is met by Normie who assumed it was going to be his uncle Peter and zaps him. Whoops. Um, oh, Moose, Moose runs into the girl's locker room looking for Courtney. Like he's lost his marbles. May tells him, tells him off and pushes him out as Courtney is at her locker uh, and May thinks about her mom's safety again. And it gives her an idea. So we cut to Mary Jane's job at the fashion house that I'm, I still don't quite understand why she left it to go work at the high school, but all right. Um, and Normie makes an entrance, basically is hiding out in her office and tells her that he plans to kidnap her for a few hours for, uh, Pete or May to make a last minute rescue, but he's throwing in some proximity explosives. So MJ tries to literally slap some sense into the boy and immediately grabs her weapon of choice, a lamp. We all know how <laughs> we all know how serious it is the moment MJ has a lamp. And Normie does too. So he flies out really quickly. <laughs> he backs himself out. It's like he puts it's like he put the uh the glider in reverse is what it looks like. <laughs> oh, he knew it was, it was too serious, too serious. Um, he's <laughs> pretty, yeah, he, he noped out. Uh, so he's pretty upset about his plan being ruined and even offers his auntie M a very nice gourmet lunch. If she just, if she'll just play prisoner this one time. Um, so may reminds him, <laughs> Uh, May comes swooping in and reminds him about proper consent. No means no. And comes in just fast enough to cause Normie and her to go crashing down into the manufacturing warehouse. Pete hung up and beaten. He sets him down and Phil advises that he has a plan to stop this spider goblin war. Meanwhile, May makes a Seinfeld joke because Normie really is the Costanza right now of the Seinfeld crew with the way he's acting. And Normie... <laughs> And reminds Normie that they make their own destinies. Uh, Normie does get the best of May with a special pumpkin bomb. But before he can set up his body cam to record her death, I guess he's got a GoPro on there. 
Um, a hail of pumpkin bombs get thrown at him. What? Enter the Golden Goblin, who Normie assumes automatically is Peter messing with him, and he's really upset by it. Uh, but this Golden Goblin and May team up to bring Normie down, and May asks on Gummy Bear's past for Normie just to take control of his life and stop making his family's mis past mistakes. <sighs> Obviously, it turns out the Golden Goblin is Phil, and he's not giving up the suit anytime soon. May is pretty amused by the turn, turn of events now that Normie is back in the institution that is not named. And she heads to Cafe Indigo. I know I messed it up last week and called it the Coffee Bean on accident. I'm sorry. I've, I worked at a place called the Coffee Beanery, so my brain associates the two together. Right. All three of them together. Sorry. Uh, so she sees both JJ and Brad are at Cafe Indigo. And is back to trying to figure out who she wants to choose. And that is the end of this issue. All right, yes. Zach. Let you let you <laughs> talk and then I will go into my uh my my little theory about Normie. Okay. This cover is amazing. Uh, it's so much, so amazing. Of course, they've used it twice. They used it, as we mentioned, on they the digest. Used it three times. Yeah, three times. Three times. This, this obviously the issue, but then they used it again on the digest and the trade paperback. So it's icon. It's one of the more iconic Spider Girl covers, I think. Uh, I love the phrase "because you demanded his return." Um, love the opening bit with Peter and his eternal debate about protecting his kid. So I get why he's so hard on May because let's face it. No one is harder on a human being than Peter Parker is on himself. And, and unfortunately and there is a projection there that he's doing that to his kid. It's a slight projection, but I think it's more, he's worried. The way I always read it was he was worried about her safety period. And so he's trying to get her to be on her a game while he's out, while he is trying to do everything he can to protect his family and himself because he does he has a lot of guilt tied with normie and basically where normie is right now yeah he feels yeah, like that, you should have saved him in so because that's the thing i don't think is really super clear here unless you've read the 616 comics he does love normie like i mean this this is his godchild essentially and you know he's taking care of him he watched him grow up he wants the best for him and in this future he's basically seeing his worst nightmare for Normie play out. Yeah. Well, and, and obviously there's guilt surrounding his dad, you know, Normie's dad, you know, in the, in this universe, he never came back. Um, so spoiler, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. He's, he's, he, he does not come back. He is not a demon here. Yeah, he's not a um, demon. There's there's no kindred spirits going around. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So I I, <laughs> I love that Normie has a beach ball so he can chill out. Like I demand this in my life sooner Everybody rather than needs later. A beach ball. Uh, be, like like the. Okay, no, not it. Not only that, he's got like so right here. I have this wonderful forest in the background in my in my bedroom. Right. He has a beach with a lounge chair, a tiki like tiki looking drink. And uh, which I, I, since he's 19, it's got to be non-alcoholic, I assume, so, which makes it even funnier and a beach ball. <laughs> and we know that, you know, as, as we have established in our head canons that 
fit perfectly. Therefore, no one can dis- discredit us. We know he's listening to some kind of Disney soundtrack here. Maybe it's Lilo yes. and Stitch. I know that that came out after this issue, but it's it's Lilo and Sliding Stitch. Sliding time scale. Sliding time scale. Uh, so it's a lot of Elvis. Um, yeah. This is this is my my headcanon for the scene. And this is where we got the stupid joke about the Osborne thirst, just because I was trying to find a good photo that I could crop uh, speech bubbles out of to make a stupid joke about the colors of a Green Goblin costume. And it had to be that one. Yeah, well, and uh, cue in 30 seconds, Josh, you know, throwing in eggplant emojis. Yep, there you go. Uh, So that's where it came from with this. That's, yeah, because it's the same colors as a Green Goblin costume. Anyway. Back to my back to my notes. I also want to point out, as as we as Kelly did in the very beginning, this issue randomly has a different letterer, and I really don't like the digital lettering in this issue. Mm-hmm. It's very either. it's very jarring. Um, you know, it makes sense when you're reading it like in the digest because they had to shrink everything down because it's a smaller size. But like when you're reading the regular issues, and I'm reading the floppies, it's like, oh. I don't, I don't like it. So I love that Mayday is trying to help. I love that she's never abandoned that part of her when it comes to Normie. But my favorite scene, my favorite scene of the entire issue has to be MJ. This is the MJ from the 1990s. A badass who takes no garbage. Guess- a woman who beat the chameleon in her own house with a lamp and a bat. I might add during the same period of time, a woman who's just literally tired of Normie's crap. This well, is my, she's, MJ. she's tired of it. She's tired of it. He did break in, you know, and, and he's, he's sounding just completely crazy, but she also knows that he, you know, she knows that like, this is him feeling like he has to fulfill some kind of weird destiny. And so she's like, boy, get out of here right now i am grabbing a lamp and we all know that's my thing is like because i know when i was younger i read that like she hit him with the lamp so hard he flew out but like it's very clear that that's not the case no 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 he noped out he was like (laughs) oh god my aunt my aunt has the lamp i gotta go and just backs backs out um and so i i thought that that like it makes it funnier um but like when you long time yeah. When you reread it, you can tell that the noise it makes is not him being thrown out that window. No. Uh, and yes, longtime fans of the network and longtime fans of me will remember that I got infamously this question wrong on Spider Jeopardy once. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I it's okay. It's okay. I failed as a Spider Girl super fan. It's okay. Uh, also. Um, I, I do want to point this out. I, I mentioned this the last Spider Girl review episode. This is the final part of that ridiculous PSA that is inserted in the middle of these comic books called Fast Lane. Um, and so, it, yeah, they they did it every other month. It wasn't yeah, four months in a row. And it, so, it was the two thousands in a family friendly book. Yeah, they're gonna well, do it was in that. Every book. It was in every book oh, okay. across the line. So it was in every single 
Marvel book that was published during those months. I mean, and so, if it yeah. helps, if it helps, uh, no. I, I reread, you know, since I had to review nonstop Spider-Man and I uh, read Spider-Woman for the crawl space. Uh, I had a running theme this month of don't do drug drugs, kid drugs are bad. Drugs so are bad. Okay. Marvel, you know, Marvel's going to Marvel and that's okay. So I, if I'm remembering correctly, the Clinton administration teamed up with Marvel and normally what they would do like in the eighties and the seventies and even early nineties, they would do like a one shot. Instead, they decided to cross the entire publishing line. It was written by Glenn Hurdling. Now fans of the network of our shows will know that name because it's infamously, he was the writer of Scarlet Spider Unlimited number one. Um, but it, like I say, it was in every single issue. Basically, Mysterio wants to attack this big movie star. Um, one of the interns at the Daily Bugle is uh, idolizes this guy, and he on screen he happens to smoke a lot of weed, and so he thinks that he can be cool by doing that. Learns the hard way, uh, ends up being under the influence, causes this massive wreck on uh, the George Washington Bridge to the point where all these people start getting involved Thor, like the Avengers, fantastic four X-Men. There is a mislabeled spider girl in this issue. Uh, I pretty sure that's supposed to be Maddie Frank. Given I, think it, I think it's Maddie. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, at the same time, Maddie's suit, you know, was very Spider-Man esque and it, it would make sense. Some editor that wasn't quite sure what was going on was like, Spider Girl, that's fine. <laughs> they, anyway. apparently, they apparently made Vinkman read Spider Man Fastlane comic when he was a freshman in high school. Hey, <laughs> there hey, you go. I mean, there you go. And, and um, of course, you can't you can't fault the milk ads that were awesome. I, I do like the milk ads. Um, I mean, hey, Vinkman, I think that that's far better than you being in Dare and then the police officer in Dare that has brought the uh, gang uh, leader that was in jail to talk to you goes. Oh wait, your dad. Your dad is so and so. I used to work with him. We busted this guy, and the guy's like, "Oh man, that's so great." He rappelled down a building and then chased me a mile, and it was so cool. And then you're just sitting here going, "Okay, but what's the point of like?" <laughs> I thought we were supposed to learn drugs were bad, not that you know, if you sell drugs, some guy who thinks he's Batman is gonna come chase you in the eighties. That that happened. Um, <laughs> That's great, though. <laughs> like, your dad was essentially Batman, and he kicked my ass. No, uh, I'm really not kidding. That really did happen. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, back Whoa. to the story. Again, reasons why I relate to Mayday. Part whatever my, my at this only, point. <laughs> my only gripe about this entire thing, this entire PSA stuff, is that they put it not at the end of each issue, no, it's in the middle. So you have yeah, to read it. This, yeah. No, you can't you can't get past it, man. You've gotta read it. Fine. So like and especially it's the MJ seed. So I'm like sitting there going, I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. And then I'm like, oh crap. I gotta flip it's eight pages through the next scene. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. So yeah. no, it, all right. like, like I say, it's the last time we'll mention it, but I thought since I'm reading the floppies, I would it, you're not gonna see it in the trades, okay? No, no, or or in the digital comics, uh, whether right. you buy them off Comicsology or you read them in Marvel Unlimited. So anyway, right. uh, I, I do go. 
So my my opinions on this piece is just like the gummy bear line gives us more backstory without doing a flashback. And I really love that kind of insight. And obviously MJ gets a lamp. So this is already just, you know, beyond the fact that we are like, we're not grading these things because everything would be an A. Uh, this is like A plus, 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 like forever because MJ got a lamp. Um, we start to see... <laughs> We start to see some actual cohesion within this friend group. Like people are starting to get along and talk to one another and kind of hang out uh, without May being around now. And uh, no one seems to be fighting while Moose is worried about Courtney. And right now, May has a thing for blondes, man. Um, True. Just, no, think about it. She's got she's got these two boys yeah. chasing her that are blonde. She's crushing on uh, Franklin, who is blonde. There's a lot of blonde going on. Um, she has a she has a type. She, she got has a type. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then of course, I just like Normie. Uh, there's something about Normie Osborne and how you kind of start to see that he's not so he isn't crazy crazy. Like he's not as a, much as a lunatic as he's literally playing off. Like he's doing this as a play. This is acting, and you can kind of start to see that. And he really is in his own way trying to end the cycle that. He's trying to end this cycle too, um, and it see to me it seems really clear. And again, I could be reading far too into it because I, you know, no issue twenty seven. Um, but he doesn't seem like he's actually he wasn't ever intending on hurting his aunt, uh, Auntie M. Like he wasn't going to hurt MJ, and it, it was very clear that he's not super going after May. Like if he wanted May, he would have gone to the school. We know that he stalked the school from what if one Oh five, he knows where she is. He's not going after her. Um, and you know, he was waiting for Peter. He was waiting for Pete at, at the warehouse. And that's who he wants to fight. Um, this is the one that, you know, has been involved with his grandfather's death and his father's death. And if you remember this all kind of kicked off because his mom, die you know was dying and he couldn't really handle it yeah so the thing is that you're kind of starting to see that he wants his fate in peter's hands that's the way he feels like he has to go to end the goblin cycle and i you know i know that like certain lines and the way that he acts is kind of being played for humor and absurdity here but it's very clear that he wants a particular way of handling this in a way that is going to end the goblin spider war and like as much as like yeah he, he has that body cam and he's gonna kill may i think that that was more collateral so then that way peter would kill him yeah. because that's very clear what he wants to happen and you know maybe it is because the insight from issue 27 maybe i'm just reading into this too much but that's kind of the way like you're starting to see those things of he he thought this out a lot more than you think he did. And that's kind of where like, yeah, he does think a lot like his grandfather. And it, even in the 616, we see parts of this and parts of this personality in Normie in there. And I don't mm -hmm. know, maybe it's influenced from these issues or not, where it's just, he, he definitely sees the whole picture and he's a lot more coherent and uh, ha has a good head on his shoulders for the most part, but he's kind of, accepted his fate in the Osborne world. Like he knows I am an Osborne. This is what I'm going to have to do. How do I minimize the damage as much as possible to anybody around me? 
because you see that when he's uh, in the 616, when he's the goblin child, um, because he never wants, like, you know, nor Red Goblin, so Norman with Carnage wants him to basically feast on some young boy uh, he kidnapped. And Normie right. literally, Normie literally goes, okay, drags him to the office and goes, climb out that window now. So I don't have, yeah. I don't have to kill you. And that's kind you know, and that you see this kind of here, too. like, you know what I mean? Like it's, he's not trying to hurt anybody. He just, he's hurting. And this yeah, is the he, way that he, he thinks, obviously he has a very much flair for dramatics. Yes. Kelly drama King. He is, <laughs> he is the there's he is the drama king. There is a flair. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no. So that's that is my my normie theory on especially with this issue that it just kinda he really does feel like he is tied by his fate when May is trying to tell him you create your own destiny. You don't have to be tied to this. So we get those inklings for for issue twenty seven here. Yeah, it's all set up here. All right, here we go. <laughs> all right, issue 21 of Spider-Girl. Let me pull up the cover right quick and show everybody, those that are not watching us on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, you should follow us on those things so you get to see all these visual aids. All right, so issue 21. I'm going to be doing the recap this time. Written by Tom DeFalco, Pat Off's the artist, inks by Al Williamson. Jim Novak is returning as the letterer. Dave Sharp, if you're reading the digests. The trade, of course, maintains the original lettering collected in the final issue, collected in Volume 4, Digest, Turning Point, and Spider-Girl, The Complete Collection, Volume 2. This one is called Earthshaker. <sighs> first things first. I was going to try to avoid as many references in this recap as possible. I, I'm allowing you three. Okay. Um, so. I mean, look, this is this is the issue. You can go ham. Um, before you do start your breakdown, I do want to answer uh, Paul's question about the Norman Normie thing. One, besides the fact that that would be very, very confusing because all Osborns look alike. Mm -hmm. Two, when your grandfather is Norman Osborne, do you really want to be called Norman too? Norm. I mean, I, I suppose you could shorten it to Norm. Norm, but I mean, he's always been known as Normie. It's Normie, and it's fine. Like, I don't find any issue with some guy wanting, you know, coming. I mean, there's there's Jimmy. There, you know, Jimmy to Jim or James. Yeah. I mean, it, just roll with he, it. Okay. It's a name. Like he, he, he goes by Norman later, professionally. Well, professionally, but he's still yeah. Normie in his friends group he's still normie and in, in his family and that i mean that makes sense to anybody so his middle name is harold <laughs> he has there's no good names to go by at this point like let's be real <laughs> all right so <laughs> okay yeah, for anybody on the audio version, Paul had typed up, what's his middle name? It, it's Harold. His full name is Norman Harold Osborne. Yeah. Second? Because so for... it's, it's not Junior, but it's the second, because he's the second yeah. Norman. And then I can't remember, is Norm, Norman's middle name is Virgil. Right? Yes. yes. It's Virgil, yes. Yeah. 
JR should uh, be proud of me. He taught me everything I know from uh, Spidey Kicks, but not, yes. not that I've seen them in a while, but you can reread Spidey Kicks, but on Crawl Space. Just... You're welcome, America. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, so. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's no, like, you can't go to SpideyKicksButt.com anymore, but. Yeah. Uh, but. Our issue begins with its opening splash page with the golden oldie, <coughs> excuse me, golden goblin training together after the events of last issue. Mayday heads home where she grabs a cup of joe with her parents. Mayday's concerned that Phil isn't taking things as seriously enough. And we then cut to Lady Hawk in a fight with a mysterious bruiser. Phil is having the time of his life flying around when he decides to go home like an actual human being and only to find his wife's on the phone. She lets, uh, she is on the phone. The, the hospital is called, letting her know that Lady Hawk's in the hospital. As you might recall, she is, uh, I think, the publicist for the Lady Hawks, right? She is their attorney. Attorney. Uh, but it's more like they, they pay her the big bucks to basically handle everything. So she could be like, basically, she could be sending out statements as their mm -hmm. attorney. Um, essentially, she's kind of their, she is their guardian. To protect their identity, if that makes sense. So yeah. Basically, yeah. you know, she's one of Lady Hawks is in the hospital. She's the one that comes instead of their father or mom. You know, I, I, I'm trying to remember their history right now because I know that I can't remember if people are gone, gone, or if people are just out of their lives. But essentially, yeah. she acts as a proxy for everything as their like all-encompassing <laughs> attorney. Which explains why when she's in, when Lady Hawk is in the hospital, she still has her mask on. <laughs> That's yeah. actually, yeah. She still it, has her mask on, and I'm pretty sure too, because remember the gimmick, they're supposed to be one person. Right. Uh, but the sister is there in costume too. I'm sure that more than likely she's in a private room, and they're basically saying, like, NDAs everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, they quickly arrive, and we learn the menace's name, Earthshaker. He comes in at seven feet tall. It's 300 pounds. Meredith tells her that the insurance company is going to provide them protection, uh, take care of the, some of the bills. The other Lady Hawk wants revenge, however. Despite this, Meredith tells Lady Hawk that she might want to get some backup, considering what just happened, and that perks up Phil's ears. Mayday's at school, where Moose... <laughs> Must have bought tons of bugles because he just got this stack of bugles sitting next to him, which is music to J. John Jameson's ears. Trying to find out more info on Spider-Girl, knowing what happened, having learned what happened with Lady Hawk, because, of course, he's worried about Spider-Girl because he still thinks that Spider-Girl's Courtney. May, of course, continues to convince him that Courtney is not, in fact, Spider-Girl, but Moose is in love. And he's a bit of a dumb. He's a bit dumb, but we love the oaf and we love that he loves Courtney. Okay, can I just say, though, I like his reasoning on, look, you might not believe, or maybe it's the next issue, I might be spoiling, but, like, yeah. you might not, um, you might not believe me that it's, you know, Courtney is Spider-Girl, but I just can't take that chance that she's not. Exactly, exactly. Really great, really great line with him. I think that happens in the next issue. Yeah, sorry, um, it was just, it's, because it's kind of it, all blurred, especially these two issues uh, with yes. their high school drama, that it's just... It's very cute. Moose and Courtney are the the OTP of, of Spider-Girl. Nice. So Mayday, Mayday then goes and finds, she obviously finds out with, with, with yeah, she can obviously finds out what happened with Lady Hawk and rushes over 
Mayday is not happy with Phil because he wants to go at it just the three of them alone. And even Lady Hawk is like, hey, we might probably need backup considering that he beat the sister that's better at combat than her. But Phil continues to insist that they keep everything in house. May goes back to school where she sees Davida hugging Brad. She rushes off. JJ is there to soften the blow, literally and figuratively. Uh, later on, Mayday goes by to see Stinger and J2 to warn them about Earthshaker. What do you, what do you mean figuratively? Well, because like she, he lift her, he lifted her spirits. Like okay, because not, like, not a that, euphemism. Because we're not going. No, there. no, I wasn't. Oh God, I wasn't going that. I was talking about just him. You know, they they go and talk and they lift lifts her spirits. Wow. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't have. I should have made that a little clear. My bad. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was being completely innocent in my, in my head cannon, but, uh, but anyway, later Mayday goes by to see Stinger J2, warn them about the earth shaker. They're like, look, if they took out Lady Hawk, then we'll definitely keep an eye out for him. As she's heading to the FF or F5 headquarters, her spider sense begins to tingle. And then we finally encounter earth shaker mid heist where he's trying to draw the, the crowd of superhero types but apparently dudes and not chicks. Why, you might ask? Well, to channel my inner wrestler, I shall do a scripted promo. Observe. Well, let me tell you something, brother. The best way to get signed to a multi-year contract with the big cheese, brother, is to rob some banks, brother. Let me tell you, if I fought some big-time heroes like Nova or Speedball or Silver Spider, I can get a slap on the wrist, brother, because that's how the powers that be will get me off, brother. Ooh, yeah. All right. With that out of the way, <laughs> sorry. You feel good for that? Did you feel better? I, I, I do. I, 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 I channeled both Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, and I'm okay yeah, with it. Okay. I, I was going to say, I was like, I don't remember um, I don't remember this character saying brother. I'm sure that it had copyright issues, but. Pro I don't know. If, I, I, I don't think Hogan it was. A, I, he tried to copyright brother, but. Uh, he didn't success because <laughs> like it's too general of a phrase. It is um, true, but you know what I mean. Yeah, the oh yeah, I think might um, might have been uh, copyrighted by Macho Man, but I'm not entirely or, sure. Or it's copyrighted by Kool Aid. Yeah, Kool Aid Man, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> with that out of the way, obviously Phil Hawk made a take the fight to him. And he's getting the best of them in close quarters, even at one point grabbing Phil's face and throwing him into Lady Hawk. May realizes that she needs to put some distance between the two and uses her repel powers against him. This starts wearing him down. Then May reminds Goldie that he's got his laugh. Upon the deployment of the laugh, Mayday webs his feet. Use her spider sense to attack him at a furious rate, uh, leaving the final blow to Lady, Lady Hawk, who uses a taser, not unlike how Scott Hall did against Goldberg in 98. To finally take him out. Uh, later on, upon the arrival of the authorities, Locke laments that revenge isn't a, a dish best served cold, but rather it's completely unsatisfying. Phil is tired and Mayday decides to talk with him. They talk for hours about everything in the hero biz, about his hopes and his dreams and what he wants to accomplish. And Phil decides to agree to shelve the persona until he can get his endurance up. She's very satisfied with this as she goes to school the next morning when we finally see DeVita and Brad trying to explain what happened. Basically, DeVita was trying to give Brad a pep talk to try to get him to ask May to the dance. Well, about that. Mayday decided the night before to ask JJ because she wasn't going to wait forever for Brad to make his move. 
So while JJ thinks he's won, Mayday reserves the right to change her mind. Davida tries and succeeds to smooth things over with May. They're cool. And then we end the issue with Courtney and Moose holding hands. As Mayday says, think of the possibilities. So, yeah. All right. So since you did the breakdown, I will go with my uh, thoughts first. So speaking of euphemisms, uh, I took Davida's line uh, scandalously. Um, So I'm, I'm... sure that that's not what was meant but you know um it's what, else, what else does she mean by aerobics class hmm? like come on it's weird <laughs> okay uh, and davina's like really obsessed with why may may has not been sleeping so <laughs> i think well, yeah, i think davina's just again she's boy crazy so all right boy, boy crazy 15 year old god knows um so anyway <laughs> um and Davida does mean well, though, in her original discussion about, like, May does need to decide who she wants to dance with because it really isn't fair to be stringing these boys along. I do like that about Davida. Like, as much as she she loves to play the game that she's toying with them, but she really doesn't. Like, that's my thing with her is that she talks a big game and I get annoyed by her game. Uh, But she, at her core, is a good person um, and does try to be fair. And, um, you know, it's, I also really love the role reversal in this issue because Phil is like a kid playing with a toy and May's now the one that has to guide him and temper his excitement down to get him to think clearly. Uh, and this shows up for the rest of the series because <laughs> Phil just has too much fun. Um, and, you know, May, like I said, May is very quickly kind of going, okay, look, this is serious. This could be life or death and I'm not gonna have anybody die on my watch as best as possible um so Earthshaker has a confusing dialect I never quite figured out like I couldn't figure out exactly what it was like because there's parts of it where it's like you can read it where it sounds British or like Aussie you could read it like he sounds super southern and I mean all now of course all of those have very uh fun fun facts all of those three uh Regions. Accents. Yeah, the yeah. accents have very much uh, similar diphthongs and mm-hmm. vowel placements. And so, like, I I figured that that's the case here. Um, is Maybe it's probably more like a Southern wrestler. Uh, but I, I, I think it I was. There yeah, I think, I think that was the intent. Uh, but yeah. you could really honestly argue in all, especially the British and the Southern, given that those two regions historically speaking, have been ravenous wrestling regions. Yeah, it, yeah. It, well, exactly. And so yeah. um, there's there's that. Um, but I, I do, he deserves to kind of go away just for saying honey child. Like, no. <laughs> that that tends to give me Southern. southern. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I also don't uh, blame May for going with JJ first. I know her heart was set on Brad. She's had the crush on Brad a lot longer. But the thing is, is that Brad shouldn't need convincing at this point. Um, she's tried to smooth it over with him, and he was acting kind of jerky about it, which he that wasn't his right. He did get blown off. Ghosting is not fun. I get it. But, like, Davida also, like, she knew, like, the thing is, is you might have read it that they were smoothed over. The way that she, when she sees them, she doesn't get mad at Davida, which I, I appreciate because, again, girls shouldn't be mad at girls 
over guy things. And neither of these people were like connected, connected in any way. But she was like, okay, something clearly is going on here. I'll talk to them later. I've got other things to deal with now. And so like, you know, she didn't need, she wasn't mad at David at any point. She really wasn't mad at Brad, but the whole point was Brad sat too long playing up this mean game, which is very high school. I know, you know, where basically you talk yourself up and, and try and say, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to be the greatest thing. She's, she's, you know, that's ever been in her life. I know I'm, you know, I know I'm right for her, but then don't make a move. You're going to miss out. And so that's kind of what happened here. And so it's, it's very, very high school drama-esque, uh, but I think that May made the right choice in going with JJ personally, but that's because we we don't like Brad after Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> he's fine here, but like after Amazing, he's not, you know, we don't like him. Well, too, I mean, even here, he's not that fine because like at least JJ understands content and understands, um, you know, respect versus Brad, even even in these has this little thing where it's like behind May's back, he's kind of talking about her like she's not quite a person or a friend. I agree. Uh, apparently Kelly's headcanon says in the future where Courtney's the Avengers publicist, she's also high school sweet or sweethearts with Moose, which I and that was never going to change. We all know this. They were meant to be. That's yeah. canon. It, yeah. That, that would have been the case. Uh, we're just saying that, you know, in in this future world, that we are thinking of, uh, she is also the publicist because she'd be perfect. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So, so thoughts on twenty-one? Yeah. Okay. So the final panel, I feel, is just really uh, well done. I love the panel because you got the you got the Courtney and Moose in the foreground. They're holding hands. At the start of the series, we never thought in a million years we'd see Courtney and Moose together. But here we are. They're a thing, and it's really, really cute. So I love that little bit. Uh, love that ending. Earthshaker is a real relic to the era of which wrestling was the hottest thing and the hottest attraction. From 96 to 2000, you had WWF back then, now WWE. WCW were enjoying this massive success, which in a roundabout way has was tied to the success of toy biz because they, they were the parent company of Marvel at the time. And they had the toy, the toy line um, as a villain. There was also the PlayStation game that kind of yeah. broke the internet at the time. Oh yeah. The PlayStation, the N64, uh, both were hugely popular uh, in, on both platforms. Well, you um, your own wrestler. Like that was, that's the thing that like made it because there were so many customization options at the time that it, blew everybody away now of course, yeah. you look at the graphics and you're like oh dear god um, <laughs> we we thought this was great until we look at you, you look at a screenshot from a ps uh, it, it some and the funny thing is with wrestling games it's so schizophrenic because you look at the ones from like the n64 era ps1 era you're like okay they're not very good then you look at ps2 and you're like in some ways these are just as good as the ones in ps4 yeah. so it, it's it is weird but yeah those those all the games were i mean just it was a massive amount of success that they were enjoying um obviously the bill, villain kind of is bonkers but it was very vogue at the time um and well, now he was a filler villain anyway yeah uh now with all the tragic events that have happened in the wrestling world since it's a bit strange to think about the powers that be getting a guy out of jail i know this was supposed to be a joke but it it may have actually potentially happened in the 1980s when a then wwf talent 
got away with actual murder. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, if you if you watch Dark Side of the Ring, there's there's a whole episode of devoted to that particular event. Um, so uh, if you're into wrestling or you're you're interested, go check that out. So it's, it's on Vice uh, TV. Clearly, this guy has been enhanced beyond typical steroids because he's able to lift 20 tons. And truthfully, the as a wrestling, were, steroids were mixed with Super Soldier Serum. Ah, ah there we go. There um, honestly, he probably would have been ran out of any wrestling promotion in real life anyway, given how he's not even pulling punches and he's just beating the crap out of people. So the more I thought about it, he's the equivalent to Goldberg. This makes me really sad to think about because at the time this was being published, I was a massive wrestling slash Goldberg fan. Uh, I do have a question for you though. Okay. Do we remind me again? Do we know the identities of the of the Lady Hawks or just that they're sisters? Just that the fact that there's two of them. So we know that they're sisters. Um, obviously, I mean, I think that that's also just obvious that they're sisters. Uh, so when we first met them, we knew that they were sisters, but we don't know their backstory here, and right. we don't know it right now in this issue either. Uh, that's why we already knew that uh, Meredith was their attorney, and we see that she's basically acting as a by-proxy parent uh, for them, along with everything else. And it's what they've paid for. So we know that they have a lot of money. Right. Um, that's kind of really all you know. Um, and that was my thing is like, I do feel like there's a little bit of a plot issue here in the fact of how many NDAs did they have to get like the hospital to sign? Um, because <laughs> right. Lady Hawk is still supposed to be one person. We don't know that it's not, I don't think technically the public ever is supposed to know that it's two people, like two sisters or two people. They're right. just supposed to think that it's one person and they are just two people acting as one person. Um, because they have a very parent trap-esque origin story. Right. Because I kind of felt like that maybe the DeVita panel of the, like when she says aerobics, was maybe kind of like a red herring towards that. I don't know. Um, I never read it that way, but like, I mean, at the same, maybe I did, but it would have been back then. Old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. um, so I don't, I don't know. Um, I never took it that way. I mean, I, also at nine years old, I probably didn't. Well, no, never mind. I was a child of the nineties. I, you know, I was with two parents that worked. I, I watched movies I shouldn't have been watching. Um, but, <laughs> you know, so I, I kind of understood said joke and that's how I've for a long time. That's how I've kind of read it as just Davida is Davida is thirsty. Okay. <laughs> we, we, thirsty. We've, we've established this in the show's history so far. Yeah. She's the, she is, she, uh, she is literally just thirsty. Yeah. She is, she is thirsty. Um, she is very parched. Um, so <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't take it that way. I'm sure that that makes far more sense for the books, uh, that that's what they were thought, but I don't know. Cause to, to me, it's also like that. Yeah. Sure. In costume, they kind of look alike, but they also, they don't look alike. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, look, I like how Tom writes Phil. I love how much joy he has as a hero. And there was a lot of that, like in his green goblin run. Yeah. But I, I just, I, I love that, that spirit he brings to the character. Uh, I I'm enjoying the dance subplot. I really think it's a great 
thing that's being interwoven into these stories. And I'm trying really hard not to let future stories dictate what I think about certain characters, but Mayday really needs to pick. Um, well, I mean, it's, again, it's it's not fair. And I think, I mean, May knows this too, uh, but that's she's trying to figure it out. And I think ultimately, really, the issue is just she doesn't quite, she doesn't have very strong feelings towards either one of them. Yeah, exactly. She just hasn't figured that out yet. <laughs> she likes them, but she doesn't like, yeah, I, I think there's interest, but it's like, it's not, yeah, it's, it, there's that infatuation, but I don't think it's grown beyond that. No, uh, it, it's childhood crushing. It's not anything beyond that. Uh, finally, great artwork, um, though my thought is I wonder how much money or how many hundreds of dollars that the belt that, that Earthshaker wears. He wears a custom wrestling title around his waist. How much money did that cost? Because, like, I, back then, those weren't cheap, okay? <laughs> I bought one. Well, I so, mean, good you know, for you, uh, I mean, I don't know. I I didn't really think too much about it. It's it's a cost. It's it's a villain costume. I know. He probably know. like stole money and and did it. I don't know. Stole someone's credit card. That's probably he's true. Good. He's not a good guy. He's not a good guy. <laughs> so all right, we get to our last issue of the day, yes. night time episode. Um, <laughs> we get to Spider Girl number twenty two. Same creative team. This issue is collected not in volume four, but we're starting volume five, the digest in game and spider girl, the complete collection volume two released on May 17th of 2000 cover dated July, 2000. This one's called dance fever. So mayday is torn between the two boys in her life, Brad and JJ. So she's in her, she's in her head. On one hand, she was waiting for Brad to make the move, which is, if you snooze, you lose, bro. Sorry. So she's torn between the two because on one hand, Brad's being shy, while JJ's been kind of doing this full court press. So she's on her since he's showed up. So, But since she's finally learned his real name is Jack Jameson, she's realized how much uh, her grandfather tended to torment Mayday's father. So after trying to smooth things over with Brad, May learns that Heather Glenn has made her move, which just infuriates May. May uses her free period to go clear her head, lamenting that boys are stupid, and then runs into another stupid boy, or, sorry, man, in Dark Devil. <laughs> he's hunting Funny Face. And May tries to offer her an assist. Meanwhile, he's... However, she is shut down by Dark Devil because she helped Buzz back in issue 18, and, of course, he's being a typical guy. Jimmy is spying on Ralphie and Turtle, who have apparently returned from their school suspension when Mayday is introduced to J. Jonah Jameson himself. Mayday just thinks he's this big, cuddly teddy bear, which we all know that he's both that cuddly teddy bear and that prickly cactus. Peter is not happy that she's going out on a date with J.J., preferring Jimmy because, well, he's terrified of him which I get it as a dad of a daughter. I don't think I've ever related I, to Peter. I'm, I'm going to go into it too. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, I think we both are. And I, I saw your notes. <laughs> so Mayday comes down looking like a million bucks, impressing JJ, but Peter of course is not amused, but you know what? MJ's got her back. So that's, that's always a good thing. Not skimpy. It's really not. Come on, Pete. 
get over it. Um, Mayday and JJ are at the dance. We see the usual gang with her. Courtney's with Moose. Davida's with a guy who isn't a jock, remarkably, according to Mayday. When suddenly Dark Devil and Funny Face are here to ruin everyone's night. JJ pulls a Peter Parker, while Moose, poor, poor Moose, still thinks that Courtney is Spider-Girl. Mayday uses this as a means to distract and change into her costume, but it still doesn't help the situation out, May. So um, he's trying to protect Courtney, of course, and trying to get also trying to be like, hey, Dark Devil's, you know, Dark Devil might need your help, Courtney. And Courtney is just still woefully confused. Apparently, Funny Face wanted an audience with high schoolers to prove his supervillain prowess, despite Dark Devil's best efforts. Mayday joins the fray, and we get introduced to Bunky, the deadly wand of doom. Slattery wants to evacuate everyone, while JJ is still JJ and demands pictures, thinking that maybe she he should get Mayday to do it. JJ, just stop. <laughs> Protect the people. Don't... I need pictures. Of course you do. Uh, anyway. If you're I, it, asking that, like, you don't know who that character is. I know, I know. It's just like... I, I just was like, oh, okay. Uh, after Spidey takes the fight to the hallway, we see Heather... By herself, without Brad. Cut to the idiot duo of Ralphie and Turtle who want to set the sprinklers off when they are interrupted by Spidey, Spider-Girl, and Funny Face. They flee into the Buzz's fly trap and then are suddenly stuck in the hallway. Funny Face flees, heads back to the gym. JJJ accuses Buzz of murder. Dark Devil thinks it's a good idea to listen to him and fights Buzz while Funny Face is still being Funny Face. While Mayday is also trying to figure out what's going on, Funny is Funny Face is about to attack with a bomb that literally, if you if I had the panel up, I'd pull it up. Literally just says bomb across it, which is awesome. But Moose, Moose saves the day for Mayday to wrap the show up. And while well, thanking Moose, thinking again, you're not helping this at all, Mayday. Which I know makes you smile, but he's just a kid with no powers. I get he was being really, really sweet, though, so I understand. The buzz then goes after Funny Face, to no avail, flailing into into Dark Devil. Mayday looks to have the upper hand when Funny Face uses Bunky to throw streamers at her. She grabs them and uses them as leverage to knock him out, only only for Funny Face to do a back somersault and flee, claiming that his mother is calling. Hmm, I wonder if that's important. Probably not. Well, given who his mother is, that's what I was. So uh, Dark Devil is angry. Buzz takes off because he's got better places to be. And JJ makes or or Mayday makes J. Jonah think he's she's going after him. But really, she's just deciding to call it a night upon her return. Jonah asks May or tells May that he would love for her to come by the bugle sometime after remarking that something must be done with the buzz and funny face and that the jury's still out on spider girl, but that he's, she reminds him of somebody he'd rather not think of. We finally see Jimmy telling the story about the idiot duo. When Brad shows up, this maze or this makes May think that maybe Jimmy or Brad are the buzz because obviously they were nowhere to be seen. She brings JJ into that too. Yeah, and JJ. Yeah, I forgot to add JJ in that. So she's like, hmm, I wonder who the buzz is. She stops herself because she thinks it's taking things a little too far. And that is how the issue ends. Kelly, what do you think? All right. All right. One second. <laughs> I've like pulled my notes away. 
Um, also, uh, the listeners, are y'all hearing the feedback that I am? Because I, I'm getting, I'm hearing myself delayed. Okay, I'll, I'll keep myself muted on both until you get think, done. But I don't think it's coming from you. All right, yeah, it is. Okay, never mind. I don't know. All right, so. Um, my my opinions are just like I I am kind of stuck on the Peter being irked by May uh, just going to the dance with JJ like it's hilarious, um, but I greatly disagree with the the dress question. I mean, like, look, I get it. She's fifteen, you know, and and when I was like fifteen or sixteen, my dad I can remember had a huge blow up because I think we were at the mall and he caught somebody checking me out uh, in a pair of jeans and then just was like going off about how my jeans were too tight. And it's all my mom's fault for buying me the tight jeans. They weren't too tight. They, they were the in-style jeans at Hollister at said time. But I, you know, I, I get it from that standpoint, but it, it also brings up the whole like culture, culture, system hierarchy crap where you know you remember being a teenage boy and you remember how you acted as a teenager and that scares you now that you have a daughter and that's a whole other situation because too then you're blaming your daughter for how they're dressed and that's not anything like you know what i mean like it's just it's very uh and i know that it's a thing and it's it's a part of our culture but it's uh because uh, she wasn't dressed skimpy. She was fine. Um, I also do, because it would be wrong of me to mention this and not mention the guy situation. Um, I mean, I've I've done it too, and I still do it, where it's like, ugh, men, ugh, guys. Um, you know, and that's kind of what she's doing here. And it's a very teenage mindset of, I can't figure you out. This feels hot and cold. Ugh, like, I don't even want to deal. But we should use a more gender neutral term. I have a solution called boneheads. Don't be a bonehead. And I feel like that's, uh, you know, very more fair to both genders because both genders can do this too. So I will put that out there. I, I agree with that. Bonehead. Don't be a bonehead, okay? Don't, don't be. I, I got to do that. Yeah. No, I know. I was just, I was like, since we, we do have this juxtaposition of gender situations here. Um, so I do want to mention that. And then, uh, I love how like May is going, Oh, so-and-so is dating this person and this person in the dance. And it's like, it's a dance. It's not that serious. You're not dating JJ (laughs) or are you? Uh, Because we don't have that established here. It's just the dance. Um, So that was funny. And then um, Davida also going with the guy from the debate team, I thought was kind of fun to think about since as we know, an amazing, she starts to have a school politics career. So is this kind of a part of it? Like maybe we're seeing her interests outside of basketball and boys for the first time, um, you know, but it's not played off like it's a serious thing. And of course, Moose tackling funny face is great. He just really loves Courtney and wants to be a guy that she'd be proud to be with. And that's heartwarming, even if it's misguided. Like he really does care for her. And, and because of that, he wants to be, the hero he wants to be this great guy and live up to the expectations he feels she deserves and you know that doesn't change even once he realizes that that's not she's not spider girl it doesn't change because he still loves courtney and it's cute and those are my those are my opinions on this issue i like this issue it's very cute 
I like the dance, even though no one got to fully dance. <laughs> Not a single single solitary person got to dance. All right. So, um, okay, my I really enjoyed this issue. Funny Face is one of her biggest foes, and he, she's kind. He's very much a Joker esque styled villain. So it's funny to me seeing how Dark Devil and Buzz interact here and where they end up going later. So while this is an ongoing thing for me, it's really fun. Jay Jonah is a delight in this issue. He's very much the kind of man that he like. This is very much Jonah in old age. Of course, he's going to play in the. He's going to have a role in the Buzz mini later on. This just sets that up wonderfully. The bit with the prank is a bit much of the era. And while I think this is much more tame than last time, I wouldn't want to hurt a kid if someone who rented a tux or took the time to buy a dress or who knows how, like, like if, if the, if the sprinklers went off, who knows how long it's been since they've tested them, the amount of rust that would be in them, who knows? Like, I like, that's just where my brain goes because I have very hard water in my neck of the woods. So it's like, you know, we have to have water softeners for, uh, for okay, water. These are the same stupid kids who thought they could put a VHS-style camcorder in the girls' bathroom or girls' locker room and play a major pl- prank because revenge porn is a prank. Yeah, that's just true. I, like, I get it. I get that these guys' previous history shows us that they are not the sharpest tools in the shed. So, uh, like, yeah, I I don't know. Who knows? May does start to realize that she's not helping the Courtney and Moose thing. So I'm glad that there's a little bit of progression here. And I, okay. As a dad, I, like we said, like you said, like I've said, I identify somewhat, but the dress really isn't that bad. I mean, if it, if it was like skimpy, do you think that Mary Jane would have approved? Yeah. Come on. Like pull your head out of your. No, Mary Jane would have approved. What are you talking about? (laughs) Think of, think about amazing spider girl. Number one where she is basically watching her daughter make out with her like boyfriend on the porch. No. Okay. No. There's well, parts of Mary Jane that will always just be Mary Jane. Like that's true. She, she would not even notice that something wasn't appropriate, but you yeah. know, I, I still think it's to me, it was a very nice dress. It looks like, it looks like it was an appropriate dance dress. Uh, was right above yeah. the knee. It wasn't scandalous. Like, it, calm down. It, well, like, look, Pete. shows off her shoulders. Like, scan, just scandalous, scandalous shoulders. Scandalous yeah, you're, shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're bare, yeah. as someone for those it. listening yeah. to the audio version. You've got pair shoulders. I've got pair shoulders. Like, come on, guys. Like, like, Pete. I love you. You are my homie. But that's that's for Paul. Uh, yeah. Like, seriously, man. It's okay. It's really going to be okay. Uh, Like I said, great issue. Definitely sets up Funny Face as a threat. Um, Like I say, it's, it's, again, and and to to go back a little bit earlier in the chat, um, (laughs) Finkman said every issue would be an A+, except for issue 51, (laughs) which is the only one not written by Tom DeFalco. That's the the, uh, letter... Yeah, the letter issue by the, well, by okay, the unknown. With, and, and here's the thing. We'll we'll totally get into it, but I do want to say the story itself, I'm not that like eh, about because like everyone has one of those kinds of issues. 
I have a problem with the art, like certain scenes deciding to be okay yeah. when the when the character is underage. Exactly. Anyway. So anyway, um, we'll kind of give everybody a chance. They were both rolling wearing crop tops in the very first issue. Yeah. That was a dress for revealing. I don't know. Uh, I really I really think it's just Peter. It's Peter not really American wanting. Pie. Yeah, because if you notice, it's Peter likes the boys. May is not interested in whatsoever. That's that's basically what it is. <laughs> it's at yeah. the end of the day, he's like, no, I want, I, I feel safe when she's with somebody she's just not attracted to. Like, right. It, it's it's literally just he doesn't want anything. He he needs that Christian side hug action. That that's all Truth. that he feels safe with. Truth. All right, there, we did have a voicemail. I wanted to yes. go ahead and plug this out. Okay, uh, I what did? Yeah. Um, I don't know how I would, I would be able to play it through my computer. So I. Um. Well, if you have it there, I can. Yeah. I'll just make sure I'm muted. Okay. Um, and mute. then we'll do that. I will say this, guys. If I do get a phone call, I will be right back. Um, I timed my own gourmet lunch. Uh, because it, it is actually like it's coming from a French bistro. Uh, I timed it where I thought it would be here after we finished, but it's early. That's my French face for some reason. Uh, gourmet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally steak and French fries, but whatever. Like, still. Hey, uh, I got a steak waiting for me in the fridge from yesterday. So, but in general, I do have that, and uh, coming from Buckhead, and apparently it is like on its way. So if I do step out, I will be right back. I promise, guys. Sorry. Okay. All right. So just to remind everybody real quickly, voicemail line. If you want to leave us a voicemail, we'll play it on the show. 818-925-6631. I got an interesting voicemail uh, the day before yesterday. It's for this show, and I just feel I need to play it, and it'll explain itself. Hello. That's my mayday. This is Jay Jonah Jameson. I'm calling about the nonsense you've been spreading about that no-good Spider-Man on your podcast. I don't care about fan cannons or anything like that. As far as I'm concerned, I'd like to fire a cannon at that thing blasted wall crawler. That menace. Menace. I. Wait, what? Make my mayday is about Spider Girl? Oh, well, that's. That's another matter. Um, <clears throat> okay. Hi, Kelly. Zach. This is Bankman. Just calling in to say hi and that I love everything you're doing. All right, bye. <laughs> that was great. Yay. 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 I got more my voicemails like that. Yes. More voicemails like that. So, yes. Um, Thank you. That was really great. I enjoyed that. So, I, I figured you would. I He, he PN me behind the scenes. I was like, hey, I was like, no, I'll surprise Kelly with that. Because I, I, as soon as I heard I, it, I was like, that's glorious. I didn't want to miss it. And then I was like, oh, no. Because we were going to do it before, um, so yeah. that way we could take the soundboard out so that weird thing didn't happen right. that keeps happening. Um, but, oh well, but it's fine. We needed to wait till the end of the episode because it makes it cool. It's a good uh, end cap for exactly. the episode. And considering that um, Jonah is a such a prevalent part of these last couple of issues, it really does work. It really so. does work. Thank you for the timing. This is perfect. All right. I am going to let you uh, 
do a little speech thing while I go get my food and I will be right back guys. So uh, why don't you go through uh, the next few episodes for us? Yeah. I'll talk about the next few episodes and we'll kind of get to that, to that point. And kind of yeah. Get- and, and then when I come back, we'll take a few questions and then we can sign out. So I'll be right back. Give me just right. a few seconds. So for those that are um, watching us or listening to us, upcoming episode, our next episode is going to be uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, April 9th. We're going to be going over um, the next five issues of Spider-Girl. Uh, issues 22 through I think 27 I think is what we're going to be doing uh, <laughs> and so um, that's going to be the next five issues we're going to be doing the next five issues on April 9th and then uh, going over the Dark Devil mini is going to be a whole entire episode April 13th basically Kelly is doing this to completely indulge me I'm gonna blow myself up here uh, completely indulge me and give me a chance to because frankly one dark devil as a story his backstory is so freaking bonkers that it's hard for me to not have to go into the backstory so if you're a fan i will say that that episode probably is go- i'm going to reference a few csc uh, episodes. Um, my notes are going to be probably very extensive. Kelly's doing this again to indulge me because Dark Devil is one of my favorites. I love Dark Devil. I love him a lot, and I, I can't wait to talk about him. Um, so that's going to be the 13th of April. So we're wrapping up the month of March. The month of April, we're going to try to be as weekly as possible. April 9th, April 15th, the Dark Devil Mini. Uh, we're not going to be recording anything, obviously, this Friday. So no no episodes this Friday. This week, though, we will be back um, on uh, with uh, episodes of ASM Classics, as well as audio versions of our favorite shows. Um, so that's going to be why we're going to be caught up on the audio versions of the podcast. And so Zero says Dark Devil is so wonderfully calm. calm. <laughs> All right, I'm back, guys. So Kelly's back. I'm blowing myself up. Yep. So um, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun episode. Uh, anyway, uh, we're gonna take your questions before we yes. wrap the show. And uh, so leave us some comments, and uh, we'll put them down below. I'll go through maybe the uh, some of the other comments that were before uh, that we didn't say. Spider Girl Forever, Hobby says. Um, uh, Soflo said you look like Mayday. Thank you. Um, and well, that's because I try really hard. You <laughs> succeed. <laughs> um, was wondering about the spider signal. Does May have a web belt like her father? No, uh, this was on her wrist, uh, and I still don't know like what happened there because it would have made more sense story wise if it had been like after Normie, you know, since he tinkers and plays around with the stuff because she doesn't seem to be very um engineer esque on her own. So I don't know if maybe Peter made it and it just wasn't fully explained, but it was like this little symbol, and I don't remember it coming back. I'm sure you know if I'm wrong, we'll we'll find out. 
uh, and I'll eat my words, but I don't remember it popping back up again in like her reality. So. Yeah, that, that's a uh, that's a question we'll have to ask the guys, uh, you know, the gentlemen, whenever we uh, sit down and talk to them, be like, hey, payday, what does your web belt work? Kelly, on what other comics have you read or currently read other than Spider-Man related? Lately, nothing. Um, I don't know. I mean, well, technically, Savage Avengers isn't a Spidey-related book that I've been forced to read. It's not terrible, but I'm not, like, a super fan. Um... Kelly Thompson's Deadpool uh, was really, really good. It was just, honestly, just 10 issues, so you can get through it in a day. Um, And then, I don't know, like, it's... I haven't picked up DC in a long time, and I think that that's my thing, because my thing growing up was always Batman, because, like, my dad is loved Batman growing up, and honestly, I feel like parts of him think he is Batman. Um, But I, it was a lot of Spider-Man and Batman growing up, And so my thing is when Batman rest in peace and Batman for the cowl and the little Batman and Robin stuff with Dick Grayson and Damien, that's kind of the world ended when they did the new 52, that world is gone. That world is never coming back. I know some of them are like, Oh, but it did kind of, kind of again, kind of that world did not come back. And even if it, came back it's there's still a lot of fractions from new 52 that are still elements because they definitely had to uh redo this you know they were trying their streamline their histories and stuff after the new 52 fiasco it just isn't the same anymore and you know and that's fine like i i made my piece with that i'm not mad at it uh dc comics has always been this way of when a new era is over they start up a whole new one they don't do multiple multiverses it's always just one uh generally and if they do branch it out eventually they will just go back to just one and that's kind of my thing so i've never been interested to pick up anything new since um it's just not not my style so i stick to spidey uh and that's re- you know spidey related titles and that's really about it uh yeah. power rangers was good though yeah power rangers, boom. boom studios power rangers is probably the the only title that i i'm picking it up pretty infrequently yeah. uh for me i have been a spidey guy my whole life and so i i, I picked avengers up whenever spidey was in the avengers um but i eventually dropped it i literally gave those issues away um i just you know i probably could have sold them and made a little money on them but i i just i don't know there was somebody that was like looking for comics for their kid and i was like okay i can do that um so i definitely um yeah i definitely don't read a ton i read some web comics here and there but i don't read like um i don't read a whole lot of other stuff i've i've read some invincible uh i i think i'm going to start reading that more when i decide to binge the uh um the new show the new cartoon i am gonna start reading i try to read stuff thanks to comic binge i try to read stuff that's related to mcu stuff so that way i get a better knowledge i have had read like the avengers stuff in the past but um i went back and read it during those days but it's good to be refreshed so um yeah kelly has a question 
I know you guys have talked about Normie at length, but do you guys think he would have gone full goblin had Liz not gotten sick in the first place with the meltdown just been postponed? So I, in this world, in MC2 world, because he didn't have um, Norman for as long as he, he does in the 616, I would say I don't think he would have gone full goblin if Liz had not been sick. Uh, because he also, there's a lot of foggy, uh, like good foggy, not like the weird foggy that we sometimes get in the 616 now, um, of within that MC2, like he is influenced by his stepfather as well. And I think, I think foggy in this world was good for Liz. It at least feels like. So I think that those two things is kind of what Normie acts like, I feel like Normie is who he is supposed like would have been uh, after issue 27. Um, Like that's just the way he would have acted towards everything. uh, Had Liz not been sick, maybe. Uh, or he would have been like a really petulant little uh, child because she she uh, smothered him with love and affection and overprotection, which also is a angle that you could take that as why he like had the freak out that she's gone too. Uh, so that's my thing. I just I feel like the issue at hand is not that he ever wanted to be the goblin. He just really feel like he just really feels like okay my life is over. So how do I go out? And it's that kind of, well, I'm going to go out the way I was quote unquote destined to go out is the way it, that's just the way that I always took it. I don't know. Again, I could be completely misreading it and making it way too serious. No, I, I tend to agree with a lot of that. I think, I think that Normie as a character really uh, tends to, I think the normie we got post 27 and we'll definitely, we'll, I think we'll get into a lot of the psychology of normie in that issue. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm Um, excited to talk about 27. That's what, like, again, yeah. If I could pick something from spider girl to just directly translate into a movie, Mm -hmm. it would be issue 27. Like I feel like you wouldn't be able to not do that. It's just too, it's too influential and it's too, to me, it's un, it's an underrated issue period in all comics. And it needs to be looked at far more uh, because of the, the res, emotional resonance of it. But also it's, to me, it's like a great for a short film just because monologues upon monologues upon monologues. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that, that's going to be the last issue we cover in next episode. Mm-hmm. So that that's definitely going to be a reason to check out. If you've got more questions, you can always leave us a yeah. email at make my at gmail.com or spider dude radio network at gmail.com. Or you can interact with Kelly on r slash spider girl, the Reddit thread on Reddit. Uh, obviously there's my personal Twitter that you can also send me random questions. Uh, I know a few of y'all listening right now have totally done so. And we have very wild off the cuff, crazy, uh, fan theory conversations and really kind of dive deep into hypothetical questions and what we what we would see for the character and you can find so many different opinions and different ideas where people have picked uh, picked up on different little things and it's it's a lot of fun uh, especially on Twitter we can do that on Reddit too um, yeah, it, yeah. I, I have fun talking about these things all day long. Uh, it's a highlight of my day 
uh, when we can get a crazy conversation started. Um, I, th I think I'm pretty sure I've told uh, Kelly that she has some peak April energy and uh, should probably wear April sometime this this next month uh, for the for recording here. Kind of wish we could have an April episode, but we're not there yet. Uh, so, but yeah. We're trying to do it, go as much chronologically in order as possible. Just a fun fact uh, before we wrap up, issue 22, the letters pages mm -hmm. advertise the buzz. So it came out right around this time. So, yes. yeah. So, um, yeah, with that, I think we're going to wrap the show up. Thanks again for everybody watching that is watching. Be sure to follow Kelly at Make Mine Mayday on TikTok and Twitter at Spidey Radio Network or Spidey Dude Network on Instagram and Facebook. We have a little scrolly bar on our live streams. You'll see that. Uh, also, that's the Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash Spidey Dude Network. And, of course, at Spidey Dude Radio. And if you want to do like Vinkman did today, leave us a voicemail, 818-925-6631. Thanks again, everybody, for watching, and we will see y'all next time. Bye. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Make Mine Mayday. If you are the audio listener, which is what you're getting this audio from, thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcatcher. Once again, I want to thank everybody that participated on our live streams. If you want to know more about that, go to spidey-dude.com slash events, and that will give you all the information on all our upcoming shows, all our upcoming episodes. And so we will do it that way. If you like this show, let us know, of course, by leaving that five-star review. But you can always leave us an email at makemindmayday at gmail.com or at network at gmail.com. CC us. That way we both can get it or we don't forget it and read it live on the next episode that you listen to. If you want to get these audio versions early, you can always get them early at patreon.com slash network. We will be posting them on the Patreon page only for our patrons. So check that out. You'll be getting them 48 hours after the release of the latest episode. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, you shall have them by Monday on a Friday. If we're recording on a Friday, we're, you'll have them by Monday. If we're recording on a Wednesday, you'll have them by that Friday. So be sure to also check out the other shows on the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Shows like Amazing Spider-Man Classics. It is almost time for Season 1 to end and Season 2 to begin. Can't wait for you guys to hear what Season 2 is going to sound like course you can also listen to the recently completed spectacular radio spectacular radio is the show about the spectacular spider-man cartoon 26 episodes of fans covering it 26 episodes of interviews with greg wiseman the, the executive producer of the series of course you can also listen to if you're a clone saga fan or you want to get some more context of stuff like that happens in Mayday's world where there's clone-related stuff, you can always listen to Clone Saga Chronicles. So that is the original show on the Spidey Dude Radio Network, our original flagship show, but we also have our newest flagship show, which is Spidey Dude Experience. Every Wednesday that there is a new issue of a Amazing Spider-Man, there's a new episode of Spidey Dude Experience. They're broadcast live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, just like this show, Make Mind Mayday. So thank you for listening. Be sure to follow our social medias at Spidey Dude Radio, at Make Mind Mayday on Twitter at Spidey Network on Instagram and Facebook. And that is, of course, the URL to our Patreon page. Thanks again to Scott and Vinkman for your support, and we will see you all next time here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network.